move on. We need to move on. Um, Your top story, the Prime Minister um, summons caucus to Canberra ahead of uh, schedule, uh, ahead of schedule, sorry, to address the cost of living crisis. Gosh, and I mean, listen, you can't go anywhere in the world, it seems, without talking about the cost of living crisis. Tell us about your top story, Katie. Yeah, no, you can't. And last year, while Airbus Albo, as we refer to him, was um, scooting around the world and trying to, I don't know, just sort of up our international presence, uh, yeah, people were focusing here on cost of living, which I know is affecting other countries. It's an international thing, but it's everywhere here. Uh, Rentals, well, there are not enough rental properties, the cost of foods, the government's been putting a lot of focus on supermarkets because they've recorded record, record profits, yet they haven't, well, according to the government, they should be passing on um, any drop in prices when it comes to, you know, vegetables and things like that to the consumer and they haven't been doing that. So government's going to be looking at that. And it's just all over. People are just not coping. And it's a big thing. I've mentioned this before. I think um, sometime last year I mentioned a story about the numbers of homeless people rising here. It's not a common thing in Australia, and it hasn't been. And people are really struggling. So basically um, what Albo's done is he's summoned the Labour Party caucus back from holiday two weeks early, um, have no problem with that. They are public servants, so, yeah, they should be, <laughs> they should run when they're summoned. Um, apparently, if you anonymously have said they're not impressed, and they're going to try to look at how they can ease pressure on household budgets, but they need to do so without increasing inflation. And these are the kind of times where you really don't want to be an economist because somehow you've got to work out how you can help with the cost of living, with the crisis. Um, You think cheaper goods, so how do you make goods cheaper, but then people spend more and then that adds to inflation. So there's quite a um, a task ahead of them. And, yeah, I, I just hope that they're going to come out with something, well, potentially successful, tangible, and not just, Plain to the media, as yeah, maybe I'm getting a bit cynical, but um, mm-hmm. as often politicians can do, because people are people are upset. And plus, they when um, one of the, oh sorry during the election, one of their election promises was tax cuts. Coming, um, they'll be instigated in June, July. Now, that's also, yes, that's great because people then have more money in their pocket. They spend more than you've got the inflation issue again. But think of these tax cuts. It's the upper income earners, mm, mm. those earning over 200000 Australian dollars a year that are going to see the biggest relief. So um, the government's in a bit of a tight situation. And they've got to come up with something workable because, yeah, the polls are showing that um, Albo's not... Yeah, he's not sort of as popular as he was. And I mean, how moment. long's he been in? It's not long, is it? It feels like within the last year. He's not been around more than a year yet, has he? Or has he? Yeah, it's about a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a yeah. Good question. I should know. I no, think, no, no, I but think I mean, it's not. It can't. Yeah, it's, 
It should be nearly a year. Yeah, yeah. Katie, tell me something. Do you are you are you finding that in your social circle? Because I certainly am and have been for a while now, just having endless conversations about like your your grocery shop every week and the cost of that. Is that like a common thing that's, that's? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And some of my friends are, you know, better when it comes to monitoring things at supermarkets. I um, have just got myself, but, you know, being sort of freelance and a student as well, I have to be very careful. And it's frightening to see how things have increased. And then you've also got the challenges um, for those with children because it's back to school now. Yeah. As it is in South Africa, so that's added costs. No, people people are really taking strain, and it's it's a problem. It is a problem. I'm in a lot of mums groups, what? as you would imagine that I would be in on on mm. Facebook and things. And um, you know, luckily my kids are not at the age yet of of kind of school proper school and and all that kind of stuff. Um, but the number of mums. Um, Across across Cape Town, um, so all demographics accounted for. The number of mums just saying, "God, we've got the school uniform," and, it, and it, it's mums because it's mums groups. I'm not, you know, being being terribly yeah. sexist about this, but I'm sure dads are also carrying the strain of it financially. Um, is is the conversation around the cost of school uniforms? Where can we get secondhand uniforms? And these are, you know, a lot of these mums are mums who are one would consider middle class, if that's even a thing. Um, you know, asking where can we get secondhand uniforms? We simply can't be afforded. We can't afford to spend two, three, four, five thousand rand um, kitting our kids out again this year. The stationary costs, all of this sort of stuff. That, yeah, as I say, that the cost of living crisis um, seems to be a global thing. We need to move on, Katie. We're going to go to uh, your second story. Uh, and the world number one has been knocked out of the Australian Open um, in a uh, in a third round upset. I can't even begin to pronounce this woman's name. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna. What the world number one is, and I'm and I'm useless <laughs> at tennis. Also, I've got absolutely no idea who's who in the zoo. So, you tell me. Yeah, I know, and I was hoping that you'd know how to pronounce oh, dear. it. Oh I was going to practice, and then I thought, oh my gosh. So. Um, yeah, Iga, uh, Iga, Iga, I'm thinking, um, Swiatchek, but you know, she's got I think all the little, um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. And yeah, I've got a little bit of familiarity with, um, Eastern European languages in the sense that I, you know, I, I can recognize them, but I think it's something like Swiatchek or whatever. And I'm sure that someone will be able to help you. I'm sure that somebody, um, where's she, where she from? Where's she from? I don't know where she's from. Oh, gosh. I did know, and now it's completely escaped me because I've been concentrating on the young lady that She's from Poland. She's from Poland. I happen to know that there is somebody who who grew up in Poland who listens to this show regularly, and I wonder if she's listening now. Um, Could you help us with the pronunciation? Iga Schwiercek. That's what I'm going to go with. I have a feeling there'll be a check there in the end. Often there is, although it doesn't look like it. Could the person um, who I'm speaking about, because you, you'll know who you are, could you tweet me with the 
because <laughs> that's how you tend to get in touch with me. Could you tweet and, and give us a phonetic pronunciation uh, of uh, of the world number one? I think I think we she's I think we ought to be able to pronounce her name. I think you know I think we, we ought to do that. We ought to make the effort. Okay. Nevertheless, she's been uh, she's been outed not outed knocked out uh, by nineteen year old yeah knocked out by nineteen year old Czech Linda uh, Noskova in uh, in a stunning third round upset says abc news absolutely and you know it's a big thing i mean the australian open i know that not everyone's into tennis but it is the first yearly grand slam event and it's one of four and um it's hugely popular here and yeah i would imagine you know certain places of the world and amongst tennis fans but yeah it's the first time since 1979 that top-seeded woman has been knocked out, and that's before the fourth round. So it's pretty early on. And then what that happens is you've got a whole different, yeah, people that look at the odds and, you know, who's going to win, and it, it, it opens it all up um, to a lot of unknowns. And I must admit that a lot of the names are not that well-known to me. Probably, it's probably an age thing um, in the sense that, I'm thinking of John McEnroe and uh, Bjorn Borg. I know, me um, too. Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. Yeah. I know. <laughs> exactly. So it's going to be quite, it's interesting, but going to be quite exciting. And um, yeah, it's just, it's such a big thing here. And it's also very sad because we don't tend to do well. I mean, well, Aussies don't tend to do well in the Australian Open. And... You know, Australians have thought, been thought of over the years to be pretty good tennis players. But something's happened. There's almost like a curse or something over them. And we have got one player left. Sure. And he's playing later today. Um, he's playing at 7 p.m., Alex de Minol. And it's, yeah, I just, I hope he goes through. But it all rests also, on him. It will rest on him, but there's been controversy as well, Sarah Jane, because they've got these games that start late. You know, 7 p.m. and yeah, sometimes a little bit later. And a game went on till the early hours of the morning a few days ago. So that's also been, you know, is it fair to, yeah, to do that? Because you've basically got people playing or awake for, I don't know, how many, 24 hours. But, um, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. And of course, um, Djokovic uh, is still there. Um, and yeah, the names that I'm going to have to do a little bit of research because they're also foreign to me. I remember um, one of my first jobs in um, radio was I, I was a newsreader for a very long time. And um, my first, the first sort of time that I was on air was during the Wimbledon tournament. This is just thinking about pronunciation. And um, I remember just having an absolute panic attack every time I went on air because I was so worried about the pronunciation um, of all these different uh, all these different players. Anyway, I digress. We're going to go to your last story, Katie. Uh, you told us uh, about uh, Frederick and Mary, of course, the uh, Crown Prince Frederick and the Crown Prince Mary of Denmark. Um, Mary grew up in Tasmania. Uh, what gift was given to them um, upon their nuptials by the Australian government, please? Well, I love this because I'll tell you what, the Aussie government's given some cringeworthy gifts to the oh, royals fantastic. or various royals around the world. Yeah. Um, and 
they gave or they donated on their behalf $10,000 to Wildcare Tasmania. Right. In particular, to support the conservation of Tasmanian devils. Right. Which are endangered. So, you know, Mary's from Tasmania. She's a Taswegian, as we refer to them here. Um, and, yeah, these little devils are sadly endangered. And they are actually cute as anything, especially when they're babies or they, they call them puppies. And, um, yeah, they're working very hard to, uh, to basically increase the numbers. They've fallen or they've been subject to a whole lot of illnesses and um, there's a facial tumour disease that sadly um, has devastated a large number of the Tasmanian devils. But um, they are the sweetest things. And, yeah, that's the gift that they've been given. I mean, they might have wanted some Ugg boots. They didn't get Ugg. They might have wanted some Vegemite. They didn't get Vegemite. I would have but, gone with yeah, the Uggs. I think this is more appropriate. Yeah, I would have gone with the Uggs. I would have gone with the Uggs. <laughs> Katie, listen, we, we have to go, but before we go, I want you to just weigh in on the Sunday conundrum, if you don't mind. Yes. Is that all right? Okay, fantastic. Uh, so uh, we do a Sunday conundrum every uh, Sunday morning, and uh, we um, it's a it's sort of moral dilemma um slash uh, sort of ethical eth- ethical dilemma type uh, type vibes uh, and so i wanted to ask you to uh, please this morning weigh in uh, on this morning's sunday conundrum oh i've lost it now oh sj where is it come on let's get it i think i know okay it should be on here oh, dear why didn't i paste it into there you're listening to Weekend Breakfast, by the way. It's 7.31. Uh, we will get to your sport. I just want Katie McDonald, here we go, uh, to weigh on her thoughts. I actually received this last week. I actually received this last week uh, from Anonymous. Mm. Or she, anyway, she would like to be Anonymous. SJ, I heard you talking about house guests recently on the show. That's what we were talking about the week before last. Myself and my partner, we're both women, are going to stay with my parents in Zim next week for five days. Uh, I haven't come out to them yet, and they think that me and partner are just friends. I want to tell them while we're there, but my girlfriend says it's not the right time. Even though my mum and dad are very open-minded, she still thinks it would be a bad idea. Thoughts? Your Oh, that's that's a goodie. That's a goodie, that's a goodie. Um, Yeah, because look, to be quite honest, um, off the top of my head, um, from my little brain cell, which, you know, sitting there very in a lonely state, um, yeah, when is a good time? Is there a good or is there a bad time? And I think that's the thing. You know, it's like there's no good or bad time, I think. And if they are open-minded... And she is wanting to come out to them. Well, yeah, pick a time. This time will be fine. And they certainly look. Either the visit will be cut short. Oh, or that seems so extreme. They don't have to hide anything. I think. Hmm? I think. But basically, listen. We we don't have the full ins and outs of this relationship, and and how long the couple have been together, or you know, and the pushing by. Maybe this is less about the parents' reaction and more about whether this might even be more about to, to do with the um, longevity or or or. Um, imagine longevity of the potential longevity of this relationship. Ooh. We don't know. Um, but I mean, 
why I'm not I'm not if if mum and dad are sort of you know not homophobic essentially because I don't I mean she's used the words open-minded but I don't think not being homophobic just makes you open-minded you know um why wouldn't you just say we're actually together this is you know why would it make any difference whatsoever did she give the age because there's that whole thing you know like okay because yeah you know when you're 12 not a good idea to bring the boyfriend or the girlfriend home to you know stay overnight but I would think that she's a mature adult, which yeah, I mean, like she is. And she's yeah, it does. Home. I won't. I yeah. can. She sent it from her work email, and I know that because the name of the company was in the was in the name, and I won't give it. So yeah, old enough to have a job at a certain well-known firm. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'd, all I'm going to say. I'd, I'd go there, clear the air, all out. I would yeah. too. Oh, well, what do we think, folks? Thank you very much indeed, Katie. We'll chat to you next week.